Chapter Two of the Peril Finders by George Fenn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Two. The gentleman named strode into the roughly furnished kitchen-like room, looking as unlike a clergyman and a lawyer as could be imagined, for both were dressed in well-worn garments, half farmer, half backwood settler the one with a thistle staff or spud in his hand the other shouldering a double gun which following the example of his companion he set up in a corner in company with the spud and a couple of fishing rods and a landing net before going to the broad shelf over the fireplace upon which he placed a cartridge wallet glancing at the same time at another fowling piece and four rifles hanging across upon hooks the whole place was untidy giving the notion to an observer that no woman ever entered the shanty but the firearms looked clean and bright and the gentleman who had just deposited the canvas wallet on the mantelboard was probably answerable for the absence of dust for he took an old silk handkerchief from his pocket and using it liberally flipped away a few traces of white wood ash which had floated up from the fire smouldering on a hearth in spite of the heat of the day hello boys he said back again and without waiting for an answer he continued what have you for dinner to-day lee potatoes damper hang it all man there's a tin or two of preserved meat one wasn't finished no said the doctor i looked at this morning and it had gone bad too bad to eat for a hungry man yes said the doctor unless he wants to poison himself this sounds cheerful born horrible there is of no use to save up said the gentleman addressed you must give us the last tin of bouillie beef gone bad too said the doctor gruffly what have you opened it to see no the top and bottom are both blown up in a curve with the bad gas generated well upon my word hear this royalton can anything be worse no who says home eastward ho replied the gentleman addressed look here lee we've been talking it all over as we went well over the plantation this morning everything has gone wrong and it's madness to try any longer why it's five years since we agreed to join hands and lands and to work the fruit farm into a success yes said the doctor sadly and we've worked like slaves i'm afraid said the gentleman addressed as born that no slaves would have worked half so hard that they would not cried wilton there it's a failure and we'd better get to frisco and take passage by a sailing vessel while we have the money the plantation is going back to a state of nature and we shall waste time by trying any more we ought to stay on for a bit said the doctor as the two boys stood listening eagerly and forgetting all about the poor dinner to come what cried wilton with a bitter laugh who'd buy it oh we shouldn't make much only enough to pay our passage back to liverpool some newcomer would be glad to have a place fenced in and planted and with all the improvements we have made i for one said mr bourne firmly will not be a party to selling such a miserable failure to a stranger nor i cried wilton angrily 
it wouldn't be honest well i suppose not said the doctor sadly i'm afraid no matter how little we obtained i should feel as if i had swindled my brother seeker for prosperity there i'll join with you in what you say but what a failure we have made no no not altogether said ned father warmly we have found what we ought to think better than riches eh wilton ha brother grumbler we have indeed said the other i never expected to be strong again and we are said bourne strong as horses thanks to you lee no 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 i won't take the underserved's credit my dear fellows thank the climate and the outdoor life the place is a regular eden only it won't grow us foodstuffs to live upon nor fruit to sell added wilton there we've talked it over for years worked till we have been worn out and hoped against hope the plantations are the homes of plagues of every noxious insect under the western sun so let's give it up and go agreed said the others and the boys joined in with a hearty hurrah then you won't mind going ned said mr bourne no father i should like it for some things replied the boy addressed and he looked wistfully at his companion what do you say chris cried the doctor you want to go then yes fa i should like to go to england again but i should be very sorry to go away from here for it is very beautiful you know but you'd like the change yes fa said the boy frankly for some things but i shouldn't like it if ned bourne were not coming too oh i should be coming too shouldn't i father said the other lad eagerly of course my boy i dare say dr lee will think out some plan by which those years of companionship may be continued looking at his friend oh yes cried wilton eagerly that must be managed somehow i should say who's this company said ned's father turning to look through the open door towards the track leading to the next plantation our yankee neighbour said the doctor what does he want it's a patient for you lee said wilton ill all you cried the newcomer in a lusty voice but in a rather nasal sing-song tone doctor there yes come in was the reply and a tall sun-dried keen-looking man in grey flannels the legs of which were tucked into his boots dropped the butt of his rifle on the earthen floor with a dull thud as he slouched into the room to show the assembled party that the joke about a patient for the doctor was a good guess and that many a true word really is spoken in jest End of chapter two